And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. Joined with me this week is my good friend, Mr. Ken Kinsley. What's up, Ken? Ah, not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks it's been for a while. Th- yeah, it has been a while. Thanks for coming to uh, my humble studio uh, at home, uh, aka my office. I do enjoy the office. I'm, I'm quite jealous. I, I would like to have one of these at home, maybe someday. <laughs> someday, you know, uh, when you get 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 the kid moved out and and you got some room. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's still going to be a while. Still going to be a while. Actually, you know what? You haven't been on the show since uh, you got married, so congratulations. Thank you, sir. I appreciate and, it. And uh, we'll go ahead and give Crystal her uh, uh, her shout out that she always gets when uh, when you're on. So She's definitely the most mentioned spouse, I think, on pretty much any podcast. Uh, you know, I have this dream, and no, uh, patent pending, no one steal it. Uh, I want to do a, a, a Real Housewives of the Hobby show and just talk, like do a month or two months of nothing but talking to hobby guys wives about what they think about their collections and and stuff like that yeah she she's pretty so she's supportive she doesn't complain um but i also don't spend a ton of time on it like maybe some other husbands do but uh i don't know i don't know she's she's a sweetheart so i don't know if she'd be brutally honest or not i you know what i think she would i think she'd at least tell the truth you know how she feels about it and i I've She'd seen. Be honest, I've, she just wouldn't be too critical, right? I've, She's I've, a little too sweet for that. I've seen her in action when you're when you're messing with your cards. So it's like it's not an eye roll. Oh my my phone's going off. Sorry, it's not an eye roll, flat out eye roll. But it's kind of funny. Just like it's not it's not even a look of disdain. It's just like oh, again, it's pretty funny. Oh man, I never noticed that. I guess I'm gonna have to look for it. It's okay. It's all right. So I want to give a shout out to my sponsors, um, Mr. Ken Carl at Ken Carl Sports Art. Uh, uh, we are actually going to be doing a giveaway with him very soon. Uh, we missed two shows, but uh, he, he we we should have did a giveaway in there. We'll, so we'll get that up live, posted with this show, and we'll announce the winner next week. You pointed at me when I said Ken. So what's up? Oh yeah, he does good work because that, yeah. that card that uh, Miss Crystal uh, she gave me for the wedding as a gift that was absolutely amazing. I'm not huge into the sports art type stuff, uh-huh. but man, when I got that, it kind of sure it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful and. Very thoughtful. Yeah, he, he, he's a great artist. And then, of course, uh, Kyle over at Badger Breaks, who will be on the show next week. He's got, he pulled a, he pulled a Baker Mayfield 101 that's on eBay right now at $30,000. So, uh, we're going to get him on the show. We're going to talk about that and the other breaks that he has coming up. That's, that's, that's a lot of money for a card, uh, especially a modern card. It's, it's I got insane. nothing. Yeah, it's it's insane, right? Although, although I mean, we're going to talk about some money here in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about some money coming up. Uh, so uh, let's lay, go ahead and lay out the show. First, we have uh, Bears wide receiver Sorrell Johnson. He he, Sorrell Grayson. I said Johnson. Sorrell Grayson is is on the show. Uh, wide receiver for the Bears, but he's a four time uh, champion at LSU. He he is uh, a track and field guy. Uh, LSU has a very storied track and field uh, program. So he he's coming on, and we're gonna we're gonna chat about. Uh, LSU. Uh, he played in Seattle, so we'll talk about what it's like playing with Russell Wilson. And then he's uh, recently signed with the Bears, and uh, he's got some thoughts on Mitch, Mitch Trubisky and uh, what it was what it was like for Kyle Fuller to introduce him to being a Bear. So uh, that's uh, a fun conversation. Then we'll come back on the other end of that, and Mr. Kinsley and I uh, we got to think of a name for this for this uh, segment, Ken. How about some uh, how about some listener input, maybe listener input. Because insert set of the month is just too simple like I, it's got to be something better than that but 
Come and, on, guys. Let's suggest some stuff yeah. on Twitter or Facebook. Something witty. Or yeah, yeah funny give me something. Or, I, was, I was like inserted or something like that. Something like but Whoa, easy, <laughs> Easy, right? But um, we put this up uh, as a vote at the beginning of the month. It took three weeks to get here. But uh, there, was a, there was a football set, a basketball set, a hockey set, and a baseball set. The basketball one, which is... Uh, Ken's probably least favorite sport. Yeah, thanks y'all for that. <laughs> that was fantastic. But it, we went. Uh, you guys voted for ninety-seven, ninety-eight, uh, EX21 uh, Jambalaya, which is the first incarnation of Jambalaya, I think, uh, out there. And this is a. It's not a huge set by any means, but the prices are huge, and it's it's really crazy. So we're going to talk about that a little later. But before we do that, we got to get to new products and new pricing. Um, this is kind of new pricing wise. We don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, I'm sorry, Contenders Basketball is done, Heritage Baseball, Opening Day Baseball, and SPX Hockey is all done. Uh, work, Ken, what do you, I know that you, you don't buy a lot of modern hockey cards, uh, especially in, in boxes, <laughs> but uh, UD Black was inserted into SPX this year, which is pretty common, actually. But the there's a, there's a Radiance jersey card. They're one per nine cases. And I was really surprised to see at the pricing on these because they're still selling like a normal jersey card. And I was like, these are pretty, pretty damn rare. And they're only they're they're falling one at nine one in nine cases, but they're still selling for you know like a, what a jersey card would sell. Yeah, honestly, I don't really know. I know that I love any of the black stuff that either you know Upper Deck or Panini does. I uh, like you said, hadn't really been paying a lot of attention, but. Definitely sounds like if they're selling for a regular jersey card and there are one in nine cases, I mean, I don't even want to venture how much nine cases would cost. Yeah, it's... Uh, that sounds like uh, a potential uh, maybe sneak in there, buy a few, return yeah. on investment type there, there, And there's definitely, you know, big names. The Crosby's in it, uh, McDavid, um, Ovi's in it. And then, like, but there's guys in there like John Gibson who's having a really nice season who should probably be selling for more than six or seven bucks. I've been a little surprised on Twitter. I see quite a few uh, Gibson and uh, mm-hmm. Ducks collectors. Yeah, definitely some out there. Yeah, definitely out there. Uh, Seems random for a team in as a, California. As a as a man who has a Stars fan living in his household, I'm sure that the Ducks are a sore subject from time to time. You know, we we were talking before. Yeah, we kind of just we've both kind of gotten out of the sports, not really okay. following it. Uh, if they make the playoffs, well, I'm sure we'll watch the playoffs. Sure. Um, you know, she was she was happy to see Ovi win last year. She's an Ovi fan. Too. All right. Uh, well, the stars are right there in that driver's seat for that first wild card spot. So uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. Now, let's Blackhawks get some, are not. Uh, yeah, they're not. <laughs> uh, new releases. Uh, 2019 historic autographs. The streak that comes out uh, the 27th. So this week, uh, 2019 Onyx Vintage Collection. That looks a lot like a lot of fun. You ever broke any Onyx products? I have not. It's uh, they're 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 interesting. They're fun breaks, man. A lot of the memorabilia stuff is stuff that you can pull out of those. I think really I've nice. seen some on YouTube, uh, but yeah, myself haven't done any of. Uh, Twenty nineteen Panini, Panini Prism draft picks, uh, collegiate football. Love this, uh, as I love football cards uh, featuring players in their college uniforms. Could care less about the NFL uniforms, and it's kind of played to me but i like the college uniforms uh 2019 piece of the game baseball authenticated masterpieces uh autographs art baseball so this is the set that uh, everybody's been talking about and, and loving uh the the baseball art pieces you know what i'm talking about uh, i can't say that I you do. can't you, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago uh so basically these are these are 
baseballs that are autographed and then painted and they have uh they're they're beautiful they're absolutely beautiful so uh see where the artwork comes in uh that is out this week uh 2019 tops gypsy queen as well Uh, i'm not a gypsy queen fan i know that a lot of people are these are two autographs per box i've seen a lot of problems with a print line on the autograph cards like right across the card and it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah, I actually saw a lot of discussion actually this afternoon on Twitter about yeah. that. I had no had no idea about it, but yeah, I saw, it, saw a lot of that. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. And then 2019 tops Major League Soccer. I'm gonna go ahead and just skip right over that one because I don't know anything about it. Uh, I don't know any, the least bit about MLS soccer. And then all your tops team sets are out as well. So all your all your favorite baseball teams, which opening day is. Today, Thursday, if you're listening to it, uh, it, opening day is today, so go get your team set from Tops. Go to the stadium and get that. How about that? There you go. How about that? All right, so a couple of things before we move on. I need to mention that T-shirt that we had uh, for the Bryce uh, Bice family. Um, thanks for everybody who participated in that and bought a T-shirt. It, we raised we raised some money, and that those proceeds will go directly to uh, the family so they can, you know, it, even if it's just a night out. I've been there in that situation, and a night out is uh, – it's more important than what you probably realize it is. So thank you to everybody who uh, got down with that T-shirt. They, those should be shipped to you. You'll probably get them around the 9th or 10th of April. So thank again, thanks again to everybody. Uh, keep the, that family in your prayers. And uh, that's that's really a, a sensitive subject for, for me personally who has also lost a daughter. So that, that sucks. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. But the hobby is a great place. And I just want to thank everybody again for doing that. That's uh, really great of you all to do that and help the family out. And then finally, again, I, I mentioned I took two weeks off. I didn't intend to take two weeks off. I was sick the first week, like dog sick. And then I wasn't really feeling all that great the second week off. So I'm sorry that I've missed two weeks. Uh, didn't intentionally do that. But we have a, a, a plethora of shows coming up so you guys can hopefully get your fat packs fixed. Now, let's get on to the show. Uh, we got wide receiver, Chicago Bears wide receiver, Surreal Grayson up next. And then Ken and I will be back on the other end of this to close out the show as we talk about the insert set of the month. We're going to get a better name. We'll be right back. Hang tight. A quick reminder that this week's show is brought to you by Badger Breaks. Find them on Facebook by searching for Badger Breaks or just check out their website, badgerbreaks.com, to get involved in some of the best breaks in the hobby. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out after that break. Uh, we are back. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we had a show, so I had to come back big in a big way. So I went out, and I found just the biggest guest I could get for you, Mr. Cyril Grayson of, uh, he, well, he plays for the Bears, but you might know him as a four-time NCAA champion uh, in track and field. That's a great story that we're going to get into. First of all, sir, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm so uh, happy and blessed that you're here. Uh, just thanks so much for making your, your time available. That's really cool. Let's get into uh, let's get into your, your college career. And you're a four-time champion at LSU. What's that like, man? But- man, it was it was awesome. Um, just being at LSU and just a, such a prestigious college for track and field really for everything mm-hmm. um and i mean they've won about 30 national championships wow. which is just incredible you know um and that definitely played a part in me picking a school and i didn't really have too huge of expectations for myself as a track athlete just because i wasn't necessarily the top in sure. high school at the time but 
I did kind of believe in myself in the way that I was a, you know, hard worker. And funny story, actually, um, when I first started, I was killing, you know, the off-season workouts. And I'm thinking, you know, my very first race, you know, I might be the world leader. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> and I go out and I running at a ridiculous pace for my first 400 and then about that last 75 meters is like a piano <laughs> jumped on my back and i probably ran the slowest time even slower than high school oh no you know but with that being said it was uphill from there i mean it was you know i was faster sure from there it was a good learning experience and then i mean the four years I ran, it was incredible. The first year was kind of a little slow. Mm -hmm. And then I think we got our first national championship my sophomore year wow. indoors. And So there's a difference between indoors and outdoor track, right? Yeah, it's two different seasons, actually, that runs right behind each other. Um, track and field is kind of a long season. Mm -hmm. um, you start – the season actually starts in January, but – Training starts the day after Labor Day. Oh, wow. So we're Labor Day. Really, you can go all the way into July if you make it to, like, USA Nationals and all of that. Wow. So That's great. So let's talk about what you ran. You ran the, you ran the 4 by 100 right? I ran the 4 by 4 oh, The 4 by 4 Okay. Yeah. So, you, so that's, a, that's a lap around the track for us fat guys who don't, right. who don't know track. <laughs> uh, so that's a, so what, what's your best time, then, in, in, the, in, in the 4 by 4 um, our best time I was three flat, so um, I think my fastest split was forty four mid, which oh, wow. is decent, you know. No, that's quick. That's <laughs> quick. Man. So uh, we actually had a we had a track on a track guy on a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the exchange of the baton. Just because you're in studio, and I want to know how tough is that. I mean, I know that you get it down with practice, but when you're initially doing that and you've never done it before, it can be pretty tough, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, for like the four by one, four yeah. by two, um, those take a little bit more skill than the four by four. Okay. Um, but definitely, especially if you're doing like blind exchanges, you know, it can be tough, especially for the first time because it's not really on you. It's on the guy that's behind you, mm -hmm. you know, timing it up with their speed, but right. with a lot of practice, you know, LSU is known for their their um, relay exchanges. Awesome, you that's know. that's great to know. That's exactly what I wanted to hear because yeah. I remember doing it in high school. If you can imagine that, but it's it's, <laughs> it's been such a long time that uh, I was it, I just wanted to make known how important that that handoff is. It's, right. it's really it's really important. So for track athletes, are there viable options after after college after your amateur career? Are there pro options? Yeah, absolutely, um, and. Me and my friends this past weekend was talking about it, actually. Um, it's kind of hard to explain because people ask, you know, what do you do? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I run track, you know, for a living. And they're like, you mean like the Olympics? <laughs> and, I mean, most people, that's all they relate track and field to is the Olympics. Sure. Um, but the Olympics only comes every four years. Right. You know, and so every year there's world championships as well as the Diamond League, which is the professional, the big time, you know, when they sure. go in Europe and run on the circuit. And you can get signed by different brands, Nike, mm -hmm. Adidas, Asics, and all those different type of places or um, brands. And you can get big money, but also the people who get the big money are probably like those top five or mm -hmm. top ten in each event. So it's hard to make a lot of money if you're not like the top sure. in the um, sport. But 
if you if you're fast enough you can get you know a couple million a year you know which wow. is 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 great yeah that's absolutely great so who were some of the guys you looked up to in, in track was oh, well let me first ask you this was track always the plan or was it was it football? I mean, I know that you played uh, fo- col- high school football, and you didn't play in college because of a, a screwy thing. But uh, was track always the plan for you? or? Um, so actually, football was always the plan. Okay. That was what I wanted to do since I was, long as I remember, since I was four years old. Um, I ended up being good in track, and it created a good opportunity for me in college. Sure. I chased it. I you know, got a good free education. Um, got a couple of national championships and built a good resume, met a lot of good people. Right. Um, so it was good. That's awesome. So who were some of the guys you looked up to then track? Um, so Don't say Usain Bolt. Everybody says Usain Bolt. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so even in football, I've never been like a person like to really, really pay attention to like the players and stuff like that. But when I did start to get into the 4x4, four four, mm-hmm. I mean the 400, um, I started to kind of – pay attention to like Michael Johnson, you know, because he was the best in the world. You know, I used to watch his race strategy. And Mm -hmm. so if I was to say somebody, I could say him, but I didn't get to really watch him as I was growing up because I'm kind of too young, you know, but that's somebody who I looked up to, you know, Michael Johnson and who's from around here, actually. Yeah. Yeah, And actually I might go and work out at, at, um, his facility later on today. Tell him, tell him I need a pair of those gold cleats. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you're you're a Louisiana kid, New Orleans. Was LSU always the plan? It's not far from uh, Baton Rouge. Is not far from New Orleans. For those of you who don't know, it's not what maybe an hour. Yeah, about hour. Yeah. So was LSU always the plan, or maybe was it was it Tulane or uh, one of the other smaller schools? Yeah. So actually, um, I never wanted to stay close really? to um, to home. Okay. I always wanted to find somewhere else to go. You know, just to get away. Mm-hmm. You know, get a different scenery and I wanted to always go to maybe like UCLA or Miami and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I ended up going on my visit to LSU after I went on probably three more and they just, it just felt at home. It reminded me so much of my high school. Sure. Um, it felt like a family. And so while I was actually on the visit is when I committed Really? Yeah. That's awesome. There's a night and day difference between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. But you said it felt like home. So what were some of the aspects that made you feel like home a little bit? Yeah, so it didn't feel like home as the atmosphere. It more so felt home as in welcoming. You know, I felt a connection with the guys that were there, mm-hmm. the person sure. um, who gave me my visit, who hosted me when I was there. I already knew that he was like a brother to me. Okay. You know, he took real good care of me. And even when I got there, he showed me the ropes. Now I'm his um, baby's godfather. And go. it's just, the it was the relationships. It was how they treated me. That was different from any, I, m- I might've had a lot more fun on my other visits, uh-huh. but this was the place where I just knew it was for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Now LSU, as you mentioned earlier, they have a they have a storied, enriched history of track, but not just track, like basketball and football. How are the athletes uh, of of past at LSU? How are they? Do they interact with you, with the younger guys and help uh, you know show them the way, show them the ropes per se, or are they out doing their own thing? 
So like the older people. Yeah, like or, you say, like Shaq comes to mind. Does Shaq come back to LSU and and give you guys some some prep top? Um, I think I. They have like yeah. the older athletes that come back. Sure. They give back. That's more, good. Probably That's more good. so monetarily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, they definitely come back and give some talks here and there. Awesome. Um, and then they had some track people that pulled up. You know, I don't know how much advice they gave, but they were <laughs> there. You know, to kind of show their support. Though. Right. That's yeah. good. That's good. All right. So um, we we talked about this amazing track track career, but. Something happened at a pro day, and you just blew the socks off of everybody. Yeah. That it was kind of unexpected. When you went into this pro day, what were you expecting? Um, I was expecting to get in front of a bunch of scouts, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of them in the um, league, you know, and then some CFL scouts and stuff that were there um, and just kind of spark something, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I wasn't. I didn't have a contract in mind necessarily, sure. but at least a conversation, you know, at least like some type of hope. And that's something that I live by, you know. Um, right. I believe in myself. I know that I can accomplish anything, especially now. Sure. Um, and so that's what it was. It was just always knowing that that was my dream. And if I didn't chase it right now, then maybe it will be a regret when I'm 35, 40 years old mm-hmm. because – it's a time limit on this game, you know? Right. And um, I was already doing, like, some CFL workouts and stuff like that, and I kind of had something, in a way, kind of secured in that way. So why not the top level? Right. You know, and so that's what I did. I wasn't expecting to be a day one starter. I knew it would be a project kind of mm-hmm. getting my feet back under me for football. Um, so that's what happened. And I went there, ran fast. Jumped far, jumped high, um, and did everything that I needed to do. Caught the ball and looked like I was a football player. Now, is this true? I, I read it, so I got to ask if it's true. You didn't drop a you didn't drop a pass. No, I didn't drop a ball. That's amazing, yeah. man. That's so great on you. Who you, you hadn't played organized football since high school, right. but you were still working out and doing enough, and yeah, doing, doing workouts. So that's great. So you you two days later you you land in Seattle. And they put a contract in front of you. What are you thinking about then? Yeah, so that, that was crazy. Um, before, uh, you know, as soon as I started running routes and stuff like that or performing, you know, Ed Dodds, he was a scout mm-hmm. in Seattle at that time. And he said, you know, you know, I, I need to know what you're doing tomorrow because I'm going to try to fly you out, you right. know, um, tomorrow. And right. I'm like, tomorrow? <laughs> um, how am I supposed to um, – fly out tomorrow you know and by the end of pro day he already had my flight booked look at that so i get out there you know go through some physicals and stuff like that and i didn't have to work out again and then they put a contract in front of me and i'm just like you said realizing the dream right you know something that i dreamed about since i was four years old is you know coming to happen and i'm just like calling my family my mom Getting all my sisters on the line, and like we have a contract in front of us. Or actually, told us, told me kind of prior before that, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was just like, okay, you know, right, all right. You heard that before, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's when I started scrambling, looking for um, 
you know, well, I had an agent who I was talking to, mm-hmm. but prior to Pro Day, nobody would even want to talk to me. Right. Because it was just like a far fetched dream. Like, sure. What I'm going to waste my time with someone who never played football before. You know, he ran track. Sure. Mm, okay. But they had a guy who um, was real, you know, communicating with me mm-hmm. um, since pro day, since, you know, talking to me every day, trying to figure out things. And they had a couple other guys then, too. But I'm like, I'm going to go with the guy who was actually picking up the phone, right. calling me, being proactive. And then so I signed with him maybe – 45 <laughs> minutes before I signed my contract, you know? That's crazy, man. You you actually had to sign an agent before you had to sign your contract, yeah. which everybody does, but in a short time frame like right. that, that's, that's nuts. Now, I read a story that you, like, you, you went to the Seattle facility and then you left and came back. Where did you go when you left? Do you remember? Oh, I, I stumped you there. <laughs> hmm, yeah, I don't know. Because there's a lot, of, I, we were talking off air, there's a lot of places in Seattle to go. Yeah. I, personally, I would have went down to Pagliacci's or something and got me a slice yeah. and came back. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, maybe down to the fish market or something. But mm-hmm. I was just wondering, like, you know, what the what the thought process was. Because they tell you when you leave the facility, you know, there might be something here when you come oh, back. Oh, yeah. I went back to the, I remember, I went back to the hotel. Okay. All right. You know, they, they were, I wasn't, I didn't have transportation. Uh, right. Okay. So, um, went back to the hotel and just kind of hung out there. And then that's when they brought me back in. Sure. You know, I met with Matt and that was that. got it done. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So you signed to the practice squad. You're helping the team prep. How important is that role uh, in the NFL? Yeah. Um, practice squad is like, you have to treat it as if you're playing sure. that week because anything can happen. Right. Um, but as well as putting on, you know, the – other guys' jerseys and running through their plays and making sure that you're doing the right thing so that the defense or the offense, because sometimes you have to go both ways, um, get a good look to see what they're going to be seeing, you know, in the right speed for Sunday. Um, And if you don't have those guys, then you got to burn out, you know, your players and, you don't want to do that because right. you want them for Sunday. Absolutely. Um, so it's just being professional. Sure. Being available just in case anybody get hurt. And then, you know, cheering our team on and supporting them. Absolutely. Whenever they need it. So I've we've grown, living in Seattle and, and listening to the league, I've heard great stories about Russell Wilson's leadership. Can you speak to that at all? Like the, the way he gets guys fired up and the way he leads that team? Yeah. Um He's just a great leader um, on and off the field, great person. Um, He, you know, walks around, encourages you, and then, you know, if he sees that you need a little bit of help, Mm -hmm. he don't mind helping you. He'll bring you in the room, you know, tell you how you want to run the routes and different stuff like that, coach you up on different things. And it's just great even when you're not the top guy, the one who he's throwing the ball to all the time. You know, he's leading even the younger guys because he knows the reality of the league that these guys are going to come up too, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you might need them down at the end of the season. So he's just teaching and helping coach everybody, you know, and just his words of encouragement are, you know, dope that he cares about you more than just 
your player. He cares about you as a person too. Absolutely. What's Pete Carroll like? Oh, Pete Carroll, he's crazy. You know, <laughs> um, he's a good dude. You know, fired up, old guy with a lot of energy. Sure. Um, and he just knows how to run his ship. You know, he has his way, and all it is is compete. You know, and we compete with everything, and that was just a great atmosphere to be in. Right. You know, um, it was a fun atmosphere. It kind of don't give you the proper um, outlook on the league mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because everywhere is not like that, right. you know. Um, but I like how he runs his ship, and it's good, and it's fun. Is, is there ever a moment in time that he's not chewing gum? Because it just seems like he's always got a piece of gum in his mouth yeah, when he's talking. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, before we move on and talk about collectibles a little bit, what – what were some things in Seattle that you like to do? I know we were talking off air, but I, I just mentioned Pagliacci's, but that's my place. I love Seattle. What, what were some highlights for you? Um, so Metropolitan Grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good food. Um, I also, the thing I loved about Seattle most is that I can kind of get the best of both worlds. I can go and do some city stuff. Mm-hmm. I can do, go and do some country stuff. Right. You know, I can go and hike or right. I can go in the woods and go and shoot. You know, I can sure. go hunting. And that's that was my favorite point. I mean, my favorite part of Seattle. The You know, you get to see things that we don't get to see down south, you right. know, like mountains. Right. You know, kind of thought it was, yeah, yeah the ocean. <laughs> kind of thought it was fake, you know, before I got right. out there. But, yeah, that, that was my favorite things. Did you ever go to uh, the Seattle Underground Tour? Did you ever do that? Absolutely. Is I, that um, not the best tour yeah, ever? That's, that's really cool. I actually, I did that my first year. I um, try to treat it like I was a tourist. I yeah. mean, because I was. I wasn't from there. Right. And going through the underground and going through to see like those different buildings that's right. kind of still standing there mm-hmm. and i didn't even know about like the seattle fire right. and all of that type of stuff so <laughs> it was it was cool you know learning some history about the place that i was living absolutely and then you mentioned the mountains uh is mount rainier not the most beautiful and scary thing all at the same time because yeah. it, like you see it there and it's majestic but then you realize oh that's a volcano and could explode at any time exactly <laughs> so um it's good to take pictures of, you know, mm-hmm. and to see and like, wow, like how far is this away? And right. it still looks so big. And then one night, um, this is a funny story, um, kind of almost had a panic attack because all the um, <laughs> natural disasters and right. stuff that was happening right. <laughs> down south with all the different hurricanes and stuff and earthquakes that's happening. And I start to think like, man, what if this um, volcano... <laughs> It erupts right now, you know. That's funny. So yeah, that was that was fun and that was cool. So so your your time in Seattle comes to an end, but you signed with the Bears uh, late late in the season. Um, what's what's your time like been like in Chicago? Man, um, I loved Chicago ever since the first day. Um, when I walked in, you know, Kyle Fuller comes and mess mm-hmm. with me, yeah. and he actually thought I was somebody who was. You know, already there. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I turned around and he like, oh, who are you, you know? And then our lockers are a couple lockers down from each other, you know. So that was cool, you know, being kind of close to a good vet. Sure. Um, and just the energy there reminds me a lot of Seattle, you know. I felt comfortable there. Um, Coach um, Nagy mm-hmm. runs a good ship to a fun you know, we could dance, club dub, nice. you know, and just, but it's also good business, you know. Sure. It's, 
it's ran well in that way. Um, we get to be serious mm-hmm. as well as, you know, have fun. Right. So what's Trubisky like? Um, he's good, too. He's um, he's young, you know, still learning. But he's also, you can tell, he's a natural leader. Good. You know, I like his escapability, you know, mm-hmm. and it just creates more play. So I think that he's a great fit for that organization. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Now, I know this because I know a little bit about you. you you're you're kind of penciled in as a, as a special team guys, but you want to be more than that. You think that you can play wide receiver, and there's there's no reason to believe that you can't. What are you doing to to show that to Chicago that you're that you're a legit wide receiver? Right. Um, the first couple of years, you know, I was kind of refining my um, route running ability, mm-hmm. getting sharper and crisp in and out of my routes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just showing them that they can trust my hands. Um, sure. And that they can trust me knowing the game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the most important thing now because I feel like I'm a good route runner. I'm working with um, trainers to get quicker and faster and in and out because I'm I'm fast. I can Everybody know I can go vertical, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but can I change directions? Right. And so being able to change directions is what – I'm focusing on right now in the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, in a couple of weeks we'll go back. So learning the playbook and getting digging really deep into that is gonna, I think, make the biggest difference. Absolutely. So are you afraid? Not that you're afraid because you're doing things that I wouldn't be able to do, but playing the slot, you know, going in the middle and, and, and catching balls there is that is that a little intimidating when you got 250 pound linebackers coming at you? Um, the goal is really just not to get hit. Okay. <laughs> 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 so, um, you know, use the ground, use the out-of-bounds line. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, we are a collectible show, so i got to ask you about uh, card collecting. Um, did you collect cards as a kid? Did you have any? Um, so if you take the D off of cards, yeah. <laughs> I collected cards, you know, okay, those you collectible go. cards. Yeah, you awesome. Know? So that was, that was what I collected. I, you know what? It's something, man. So uh, it the reason the reason I asked you that though is because you do you do appear on football cards. It's just one card. It's a uh, 2017 unparalleled uh, from Panini, but it's a hard card to find uh, because there's so many different versions of it. I asked you if you'd seen it. You had. So what did it feel like when you saw yourself on a football card? Um, it was kind of real, you know. Yeah. It was like, wow, this is real, you know. When you see stuff on the internet, you right. know, you kind of go through living the life and kind of feels pretty normal and then certain things hit you and it's like wow right you know and that's one of those things it was like wow i'm on a is this something like your mom would buy up and, and keep for herself or something yeah definitely <laughs> um they they keep everything awesome. you know mom now your dad is a pastor is that right yeah he is so where, where's his uh, congregation at um actually in new orleans okay um mount mariah baptist church awesome um you know a good nice church to go to if you're in new orleans sweet you know? They're going to make you feel like at home. <laughs> Good. You can get out of that debauchery. You just got to get some Jesus in you. Right. <laughs> awesome. I was telling you, uh, you know, I'm a man of faith myself, and uh, it, it's I, I love the shirt that you're wearing, Chosen One. And you said you said something from Scripture earlier. I, I can do all, you know, anything's possible, all right. things possible to God. That's, it's great that, uh, one, one, that you're successful, but two, you're putting God first. Definitely. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, a, a lot of people can get caught up in the hype, and they put themselves first. 
but uh, you're humble and you're grounded and you know where your faith lies, and that's a beautiful thing, and I really respect that about you. Definitely. Awesome. All right, we're going to wrap this up, man. But before we do, let my guys know where they can follow you on social media so they can follow your career. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at the C1, that's T H E C, the number one. Okay. Underscore. Underscore. All right. Um, and you can find me on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram at underscore Choicen, um, C H O 1 S E N. And that's also um, a website that you can follow where I'll begin to start posting my blogs because I have been blogging. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been posting, and that's www w.choicen.com and that's C-H-O-1-S-E-N Alright guys, go check him out Thank you so much for stopping by and joining no problem. me Thank you This has been me. great man All right, Guys, hang tight, we'll be, back. we'll be back with Ken Kinsley as we dig into the uh, insert set of the month, hang tight, we'll be right back This is Cynthia Dick aka Queen of Abs and you're listening to the Fat Pack all right, guys, Surreal Grayson, if you need him, uh, check him out on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. Uh, great guy, great guy to cheer for. So uh, he is, again, he's he's signed with the Chicago Bears. He's got to make the 53-man roster, but he's a, he's a great young man, uh, only 25 years old, but good kid. So uh, check him out and uh, tell him the Fat Pack sent you. All right, let's move on to this, uh, to this, set, to this uh, segment that doesn't have a name yet. What do you want to call it this time, Ken? All I'm thinking about is this is the Fat Packs. I'm hungry, and the set's called Jambalaya. I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have some food. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll lay this out again for for those of you who are, are new to the show or, or missed the vote. Uh, I contacted Mr. Kinsley, who uh, who is a, a – I want to say a regular on the show. He's regular enough that you guys know his voice, and he's active enough on Twitter – with his blog and his blog postings and, and, and reposting of other blogs that you kind of know who he is. So um, I contacted him and I've been looking for a way to get him involved on the sh- on this show on a more regular basis. And I know that he was a big fan of Mr. David Wright's set of the month that we were doing. And uh, I want to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't want to do a set because um, I've, I've seen these on other shows before where they're doing a set of the month and they do a great job, but I think everybody does them. So I wanted to take a look at insert sets, which uh, can go underappreciated for for whatever reason. However, the one that won this vote uh, is not underappreciated in any shape or form. Uh, We put a vote out. There was a football set, a hockey set, a baseball set, and a basketball set. And uh, much to the chagrin of Mr. Kinsley, this basketball set won uh, 2000, I'm sorry, 97, 98, uh, EX 2001 Jambalaya. And this thing is incredible. It, it kind of blew my mind when I looked at the checklist and, and the design of the cards and the popularity of them. I was, I was, I was actually kind of just blown away by it. What, what were your initial thoughts, Ken? My initial thoughts were, you know, and like you said, I'm not super excited about basketball. I don't watch the NBA. I, I, I don't care. But, you know, at this point, I actually was into the NBA. I, I was disappointed to see that there was no Bobby Sura in this insert set. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is definitely that time where, you know, the NBA was, you know, something I loved. And, you know, I remember all these guys, and I've had a lot of these guys card. But, yeah, I had no idea, you know, being on Twitter, social media, mm-hmm. and, and just following so many collectors – I've seen a lot of people talk about them. Uh, I had no idea that yeah. these things were 
as popular, at least in the pricing aspect as they are. I mean, you, you'll have a lot of people talk about a lot of things, mm-hmm. but you don't see prices like this on a 20-year-old set. Do you think that um, some of the popularity of this vote, that it won the vote, and it was right after that Jordan sold for, what was it, $365,000 or something like that? I don't even remember what it was, but yeah, it was, no, definitely some possibilities, especially when you see, you know, what the you know the book value on the Jordan is, sure, and, yeah. and what they're going for. Yeah, I, I can definitely see it. And I mean, let's just be honest; it's it's a beautiful design. Right. And when you get that Jordan, and you get that, you know, it just it pops right off there. As I, as I said earlier, I think this is the first iteration of the Jambalaya set, and it's a set that has lived on in other in other sets. It, it's popular right now in upper decks um marvel universe so you can find them in masterpieces and i believe flare ultra as well so when you see those those marvel characters pop off these cards and the die cut itself i love i love the die cut Mm -hmm. it's it it's a smooth die cut you know there's not a lot of edges that you got to worry about uh, you know where some of those die cuts can get jagged and man what was that baseball set tops laser yeah where they were ridiculous and i had a few of those even just trying to get those into a sleeve oh they're so hard pain in the butt they're absolutely, but this is a smooth, a smooth rounded die cut. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, I just want to run down the checklist for you, and uh, you can stop me, Ken, if you if you have any thoughts on any of these names. I might have some thoughts. Uh, the first one on the checklist, card number one, is Allen Iverson, and man, what a great athlete he was uh, at Georgetown, but before that, at high school, uh, playing football and basketball. Uh, Penny Hardaway, Dennis Rodman, love the worm. Uh, Grant Hill, absolutely a wonderful NBA creator. I think he's underrated in the hobby. I don't think he's near as collected as he should be. Kevin Garnett, uh, Michael Jordan is the huge name on here. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, rookie season. Uh, Keith Van Horn, the great white hope, as you said earlier. Um, <laughs> Stefan Marbury, who doesn't look like Stefan Marbury anymore. He looks completely different. Sh- Sharif Abdul-Rahim, what's up with the Vancouver Grizzlies? Uh, big country up there too. I say I always get him for whatever reason. Cause I get him confused with big country, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, one's a one's there a both seven, four words and drafted high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one's a seven foot white guy. The other one guy's a six foot six black guy. But it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, Damon Stoudemire. What's up? Uh, shout out to the Arizona Wildcats. Scotty Pippen and Eddie Jones. That's a name that I mean. Eddie Jones was was kind of one of my favorite players in the 90s so yeah yeah. i mean you know when you look back at it now i mean you you look at the first eight cards in the set and that's a who's who i mean right right are all those guys going to be hall of fame uh is penny going to be a hall of famer you know he might be the only one it's interesting how there's like that drop off after duncan to van horn Mm -hmm. marbury abdur rahim now you got brian but he was only in like what at this point his second year third year yeah and same thing with eddie jones and then you got Scottie Pippen down Scottie, there, but it's yeah. it's weird, you know, those first eight are, you know, a who's who of 90s and 2000, 80s, 90s, 2000s basketball. Sure. It's it's an absolute uh, a who's who, like you said. Now, uh, let's let's do this before we look at the pop reports. Let's just get into the raw pricing. Uh, you, you did some research on that. What'd you find out, man? Whoo, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at on this, we got a 15 card set. Now, one thing I did pull, you know, that I was able to find that I was thankful because I was curious was you know we see these prices we're going to get into that but these cards were one in a one in 720 packs so roughly one in 30 boxes so that definitely describes or you know kind of explains 
some of these pri- some of this pricing and when we go and we'll go further and we'll look at some recent eBay history there's not a whole lot of them out there so right. I don't know what the print run on the set was was this not a heavily printed set or are these being just hoarded maybe a little bit of both right. you know I don't know but yeah so, going back to the pricing if you want to I, w- I wanted to jump in right there this is a time that and like I do this for a living you guys all know that like odds nowadays mean nothing almost it did just absolutely nothing but odds during this time are are like almost the bible so this is you said one in 30 boxes is that what you said yeah it said one in 720 packs which is roughly one in 30 boxes wow so yeah i don't know how many you know don't know what the breakdown on packs and all that is but that's that's crazy. One in thirty boxes. All yeah, right. That's more. That's more. What's that? Probably a two case. Two yeah, cases. Something like that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and break down this pricing, man. What do you got? You know, the first thing I noticed was, you know, I'm looking at high to low and all that, and the, you know, from the uh, Beckett OPG, uh, the lowest price on any of these is uh, a high value of two fifty. Wow. And that's Sharif Abdur Rahim and Eddie Jones, mm-hmm. which kind of shocks me a little bit that maybe Eddie Jones is that low just because he, he would have been a Laker. Sure. So, you exactly. know, a little bit more popular. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you got down to 250. And then, um, you know, if we go through that checklist, you know, who's going to be the most valuable? It's going to be Jordan. It's going to be Jordan. We're yeah. talking $10,000. So there was a recent sell of Jordan. We'll get into this a little bit better in a minute, but there was a recent sell of a Jordan nine that sold for 15,000. So this raw at 10,000 is really a steal if you can find it. Right. Yeah. And depending on, you know, I don't know if these are anything like those precious metal gems, you know, mm-hmm. is there a lot of chipping? Cause this would be the same company. Sure. So are these subject to chipping? I, I don't think so. These had a pretty, nice finish on them but those pmgs were definitely big chippers uh there there are names on here like dennis robin that then we just like the whole set but the dennis robin is 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 a thousand dollar card tell me another thousand dollar dennis robin card you know you say that and that's exactly what i was thinking i was like what's another thousand dollar what's another thousand dollar uh penny hardaway right uh you know 2500 on kobe bryant i'm sure there's some 2500 hundred dollar kobe's out there I, you know what i know that that's accurate because mr fleischer uh, took a look at this before before we 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 did this uh, segment, but I would venture to bet in probably in the next five ten years that Kobe Bryant will shoot up too. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he, you know, guy hasn't played in what two or three years mm-hmm. now, and he's still as popular. As yeah, ever. exactly. Uh, uh, he was actually this week he was in the news too because he was on a he was on a late night show and they asked him to rank the the top three greatest players. And they gave him LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. So of course he puts Kobe first, Jordan, and then LeBron. Of course you have to if you're Kobe, you have to do that, right? That's what he's looking I for. Mean, he needs Kobe. Exactly. So man, this checklist again is a who's who. These pri- these raw prices are nuts. This is where I want to talk about though something that you really have to be paying attention for on eBay as we look as we switch over to the eBay completed sales. Are this was a popular card and a popular set. A popular design it still is these things are are faked or customed quite often and you have to really watch that in ebay descriptions because you you might think that you're getting one of these jordan cards and i know recently a, a custom jordan card sold for 64 dollars and i just I, I would hate for a collector out there new to this or someone who might be chasing after these after the segment because that's what we do, you know. We just cause cause groundbreaking segments to come up. up. No, I'm 
I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But $64, I would hate for someone to think that they're getting a, a nice card. Yeah, absolutely. I card mean, for 64 it, bucks. it's like anything else, you know, it's probably something you hear in the hobby a lot. If it seems too good to be true, right. yeah. it is. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? But yeah, I saw those. And, you know, as I was going through and pulling some of this pricing uh, from e- re- recent eBay listings, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to cut out probably you know a handful of those customs i'm like wait, wait why is this one so oh yeah that's why it's so low that actually confused me too when i when i first looked at the set um i i again i told brian our, our basketball guy i was like hey you you should probably look at the pricing on the set because it seems it seems really high for what it is and then we 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 looked together and we had to delete all the custom cards and then it all made sense mm-hmm. uh so it's Again, just be careful out there when you, when you're looking at these and you maybe you want to purchase one. If it uh, like like Ken said, if it, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. But run down some of the recent uh, eBay eBay sales. You know, you talked about the uh, what was it? You had a nine five BGS that went for, and this was at auction. So you know, something that I tend to think about when I'm looking at pricing is there's a difference between what some sells for at auction right. and something sells for it buy it now right because on buy it now it all it takes is a person posting it too low that doesn't mean that's actually exactly. the market value or it takes somebody pricing it extremely high and mm-hmm. all it takes is one person right and you know that's a you that's a good point because as a price analyst i throw out those buy it now prices a lot of the time if, if now if there's five six seven eight of them maybe i'll take a look at that if they're in the same range but at, I, I will trust an auction price before I trust a buy it now price. Yeah, if you've got twenty five buy it nows and you know you got two that are double the price and two that are half the price, you throw them out and you average out the other twenty. But uh, yeah, so on that auction, they uh, you mentioned it. It was uh, ten thousand dollars, ten thousand two hundred dollars on a Jordan BGS nine point five. Um, That's crazy. A couple other Jordan sales. Um, a buy it now best offer which looks like i may have missed getting the pricing on that it shows eleven thousand, mm-hmm. but as we know on ebay what it shows is not uh exactly. what it's sold for if it was purchased with a best offer so i looks like i missed the bet on that one but another bgs9 uh jordan uh ninety nine hundred dollars so very consistent. Mm-hmm. The interesting point is, and well, that was the best offer accepted too. So it looks like I missed the boat twice. You're going <laughs> to fire me off this segment, but uh, you know, next week a new guy in yeah, this segment. <laughs> not sure who it's going to be, but it may not be me. But yeah, so you know, trust the auction pricing, and mm-hmm. you know, ten thousand dollars on a BGS nine five. I think, but you know what? With that being said, I think this card, this this Jordan card specifically. I think you can trust those buy it now prices because of who he is at this time period and the rarity of the set and the popularity of the set. I think you can trust those. Well, I think what I'm going with is, you know, maybe you say buy it now. Some guy got it and he did get a deal on it or whatever. He throws it up on eBay and he takes the first op- He takes the first offer because he's happy with it. Sure. Who's to say we've all probably done it selling on eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, you put something up there at a price, somebody buys and you're like, oh man, how much more could I've gotten on it? Right. Somebody <laughs> bought it within the first five hours. Yeah. Brian Gray loves to say if it sells quickly, it was priced too low. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree at all. I think uh, interesting here. Um, and I know that it's a, uh, it's a Probstein sell, I, I get that, and it's a it's a it's a PSA sell, and I have nothing against that. But a PSA ten sold for fifteen thousand. It had forty seven bids, and so fifteen thousand six hundred and fifty five dollars 
on that Jordan uh, PSA 10. I know that that's not the 360,000 that the precious metal gem sold for, but that's still a nice payday. It's strong. Um, but in my opinion, you know, for what it's worth and you know what they say about opinions, mm-hmm. but Probstein auctions tend to go for 10 to 20% higher than an actual, you know, I don't, you know, I actually, it's funny you say that if you look at my little piece of paper there, I circled, circled the Probstein logo because the Probsteins and, you know, there's a couple other ones out there that they run a little high, mm-hmm. but the counterpoint would be that's a PSA 10. So right. maybe we can trust this one. I think so. I think so. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, even with the, the graded cards that are, that are pictured here, uh, like the, the Tim Duncan, a nine, five sold for at, with 22 bids, $2,500. That's Tim Duncan's rookie year. That's, that's pretty damn cool too. And uh, he, he, of course, Tim Duncan retired what two two seasons ago. Sounds right. Absolute legend, uh, especially in the in the San Antonio Spurs fandom. He's an absolute legend. This was an important rookie card of his, and well, I, I know that doesn't have the rookie designation, but it's the rookie gear. So that at a nine five selling for twenty five hundred dollars. That's that's an impressive too. Yeah, and what I something else I found interesting. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Not a um, so not only are these at the lower end of the spectrum, and they are raw, but here's where I can you know create some controversy, um, which you know I love to stir things up <laughs> a little bit. Um, we've all heard it said, but I see a Sharif Abdur Rahim that sold uh, two ninety or best offer. Well, that best offer was two fifty. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what Beckett pricing is. Sure. Uh, we got another one over there. The same. Uh, wait, didn't I see another Raheem somewhere? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, two ninety nine. So definitely still in that stratosphere. You mm-hmm. know, a little bit higher than what uh, a listed book value is. And then a Damon Stoudemire, though. Interestingly enough, now this is one where you question it. It's a one fifty buy it now. Sure. Was that too low? Because right. that's. Not one of the ones that was listed at two fifty. I don't. Uh, no, there we go. Three hundred. Yeah. So you know, definitely interesting. And then some of the other ones. Um, you know, we've touched on them. You know, what is? The, I don't remember what the eBay history goes back. Is it maybe like it's four to six months? Yeah, it's four to six months. Um, there are a way other ways to search search yeah. that. You know, uh, but. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your Well, point. I was just gonna say we've pretty much already gone through. Yeah. The completed sold listings. Right. Uh, we've got a uh, Kobe Bryant uh, raw that went for eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, it shows twenty five hundred or best offer. Uh, we've got the uh, got a raw Duncan that sold for a thousand. Okay. Uh, we got a raw Bryant that sold for fourteen twenty five. Very nice. Uh, another raw Bryant that sold for seventeen. Now that was a best offer, and the other one was was an auction mm-hmm. and sold for 14.25 with 50 bids. Wow. And then the only other one that we haven't mentioned is a Kevin Garnett BGS5 that went for 1400. 95 BGS95 that yeah. sold for 1400. So yeah. we're talking going back what we ever we just said 4 to 6 months and that is 13 sold cards total on eBay which yeah. is you know right. where, where people go by exactly. default. We I, I tried looking these up on the Beckett Marketplace. Absolutely none. And then um, it just goes to to your point that you made earlier that as far as a popular as a set as this is, 
you know, are, are people hoarding these? Are people, uh, you know, hanging on to them for a rainy day maybe? Well, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting uh, thought process to go through. Or are we talking a print run of only 50 or 100? Um, you know, you mentioned as we talked before uh, before we went, started recording, that, you know, this was right there at the end of, I believe, Fleer kind of in their thing the last few years. So, you know, if they're going to go under, were they already struggling to this point to where, okay, we're only going to put out, you know, what we can sell sure. out the gate. Absolutely. Now let's, let's, let's switch over and take a look at the pop reports because this will also help tell the tell, uh, as well. I'm going to go ahead and mention SGC here. Uh, be, the way the SG, SGC pop report, it's kind of convoluted and it's, you, you got to look for the description. There's, there's not a ton of these graded by SGC, but Ken, you made a great point that these actually would look beautiful in an SGC holder because of the die cut and the colors that pop out. And then the way they have that black frame around them. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, there's, there's, there's a hundred thousand million trillion different opinions, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny. You can't deny that it probably would look sharper in an SGC holder than anything else. Sure. But we're looking at on the on the set as a whole. We're only looking at eight graded copies, yeah. and and five of those are Michael Jordan, and two of those are tens. So, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah how much? I mean, I think we're done. I yeah, don't think there's much else we can say. Exactly. On um, you know, and who's to say that those are even out there because right. of cross cross grading and yeah, that the tens probably yeah. are still there. Sure. But we've also got uh, got an 8.5 down there that, you know, maybe somebody, if I'm going to get an 8.5, I'd rather have an 8.5 PSA sure. because of secondary value. And then let's move over to PSA uh, since you mentioned them. There's a there's a total of 171 of these cards graded by the PSA on the pop report. And the leader in the clubhouse there is, of course, Michael Jordan with 13 total 10s and 12 9s. Uh, or any of those other numbers stand out to you, like eighteen Tim Duncan's. That's that's a that's a big number that you should probably know. And then Kobe Bryant was not far behind Michael Jordan with twenty eight of them. Yeah, I mean it's kind of what you think. I mean, what are you gonna you know what are you gonna grade? You're gonna grade mm-hmm. what you think you can flip or whatever. So we've got you know you said eighteen twenty nine, and then on the other end of the spectrum you got four, four Eddie Jones, yep. four Scottie Pippen. Surprisingly, seems a little low. that's a little low, isn't it? Seems a little low, you know, compared to you know just by because you can almost look at how many are graded by the popularity. Sure. Um, although some of them. Hill and Iverson are only at seven, but yeah, very interesting. As you would expect, the most Jordans are going to be graded because a graded Jordan in a lower grade is still worth more than a right. raw. You know, somebody worried about a counterfeit. The uh, the Pippin is interesting. Again, there's only four graded copies. Two of them are tens. One's a one's a nine, and then one is uh, way down there at a seven. So. What happened to that card? <laughs> I'm intrigued by the Garnets because you got a five, a six, and a seven mm-hmm. out of twelve. Right. You know, you got three. We talked about 171 total graded. Three of those fives, three of those sixes, and five of those a seven. But again, for something that does have this demand, I I don't know enough to know if counterfeits are a thing in this. But you would like you would imagine it probably is. Sure. So, you know, a graded five. I'll buy a graded five over a raw off some guy right. with three feedback on eBay. It also, it might speak to condition condition sensitive cards as well. You know, there's not a whole lot of grade grades lower there than a, than an eight there on the PSA report, but there are a few. So maybe maybe some chipping was an issue, but I don't remember these being big chippers uh, or tippers out there. Scotty Pippen, you know that story? 
I I I have no idea what you're talking about. Scotty Pippen was a horrible tipper. He he hated tipping. (laughs) Anyways. Weak. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the BGS report. This is where you're going to get the meat of the the population report. There are 432 total uh, jambalayas graded uh, from this set. And, again, the the big guys stand out, as you would think they would. Uh, Michael Jordan, there are 41.95 Michael Jordans and only one BGS 10. That that's a that that stands out to me because the, it, it it dwarfs the other cards. There, no, there's nothing even remotely close to that except for Kobe Bryant with twenty three nine fives and then twenty three twenty two eights, so or eight, eight and a halfs. So it just dwarfs the other cards. It's a very obviously during this era, it's going to be a popular card to grade or or have graded now. Uh, grading wasn't a huge thing back then, but during this era, he is he is the king of all basketball, and to some extent, he still is. And he's definitely the king of um, basketball sales. So it's a uh, it's an interesting little look into the history of the set when everybody else is in you know the the lower teens in single digit number cards graded. Yeah, fascinating for me. Um, you know, I know that the the pristine black label ten is a new thing, but you know, what are we talking about two uh, two or three years now? I feel like about four. Okay, so about four. Yeah. But uh, none of those, right? None. You know, only six tens. But you would like you would think that somebody that has one of those tens is going to try that. You know, try resubmitting mm-hmm. for that uh, for that black label because uh, you know we're looking at we've already talked about realized prices in the last four to six months. And we've talked about the precious metal gem authentic. Right. What is a black label BGS? What would that what yeah. would that command, especially crazy. if it's yeah. on a you know a Jordan? I think interestingly enough here, uh, you said there's only six tens. Two of those belong to Keith Van Horn, and who has the wherewithal? I mean, obviously uh, uh, from this set, I guess you're gonna go gonna want to go ahead and grade it because of how popular it is and the rarity, and you're trying to capitalize there. But two Keith Van Horns. Blows my mind. I guess nobody was uh, <laughs> nobody was really trading those back in '97, yeah. so they were just uh, going into a top loader, and yeah, there we have it. There you have it. Uh, there there are other die cuts from this set that are just crazy. This one's my favorite by far because of how clean it is. You just circled something there. What would you circle? <laughs> I circled the BGS for oh, Anthony Hardaway. The Penny Hardaway. What's up, Jake Roy? I know Apparently, you're uh, that one got traded around a lot. Yeah, it sure did. There's only one of those. That's the lowest grade on here. Uh, then it jumps up to a 5.5, five, a 6, a 6.5, four sevens, two seven fives, eight eights, 48 eight fives, 183 nines, 177 nine fives, and six tens, no black labels. 432 total cards from BGS graded from the set. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it looks like the pop report does tell you what we, and I can't even remember if we talked about this before or when we were recording, but, you know, maybe not too condition sensitive. Yeah, maybe um, not. Definitely all, you know, you're looking at the bulk of them being nines. And sure, up. sure. Or people just really took really good care of them. There is that. <laughs> At one in 30 boxes, I think he... You, you should probably do that. I wonder what a box of these goes for these days. You know, we should probably should have looked that up before we started recording. I feel like I saw something like best offer was like over $2,000. Yeah, it's crazy. On a given site, but I can't remember what site it was. I, I remember these cards uh, just absolutely, because this was at the height of my basketball collecting. And for, I, I was, I was bulls crazy at the time. I, I, 
there wasn't a Bulls poster I didn't have in my room. I promise you that. And it's uh, it's crazy. I, I I was probably the only guy that would like six Dennis Robin posters, but I loved them. I had a jersey. Did you? I, had, I, I did too. Number ninety one. You know me. Can <laughs> yeah. you believe I had a Dennis Rodman That's jersey? Funny. I love that. That's dude. funny. So I, uh, man, this was at the height of my basketball collecting, and I absolutely love these cards. Uh, we had hop. We had a lot of hobby shops in the area at this at this time. So it wasn't exactly hard to find these. I don't recall them being two thousand dollars a box, obviously, but these I remember this design, this this whole EX two thousand one design just popping out at me because it was different than, say, what I was seeing at you know with Collector's Choice or or UD Choice or uh, you know SPX three or or, or UD UD Ionics later. It was this this EX two thousand one design was something that really popped out at me. So I remember these cars vividly. They were beautiful. They looked great. They presented well, and this jambalaya set is just a testimony to how damn popular this stuff was. Man, I gotta find one of them custom makers and have them make me a Bobby Sura. There you go. If y'all keep voting <laughs> basketball, I'm gonna talk about Bobby Sura every time, he's gonna, every dang time. He's gonna work that Bobby Sura in every time. So, hey, let's let's do this. Let's wrap this up with our final thoughts on this, and then we'll move on to a little something else. But final thoughts on the set. Where I mean. The reason I, I'm going to tell you, the reason I asked you to do this with me is because I know that you like to learn about stuff that you don't know about. So I, I was actually quite pleased when basketball won because I knew that you were going to, you were going to learn something. What did you think? Just really shocked to be honest. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a guy that sits here and goes into pop reports and all that kind of stuff, but it was definitely interesting. And honestly, you know, as I went through and did the work and put us a PowerPoint together, I didn't actually look at the information. Mm-hmm. Until we were just sitting here doing this, I didn't realize that the bulk of these were, you know, nines and better. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is fascinating. It's, you know, I, I wish, though, someone could give me an actual explanation of these late 90s basketball and why they go for so much just across the board. Mm-hmm. Because... I'm sorry, I, the the amount of collectors is much less than it is for baseball. There's no doubt. Right. You know, maybe it's just deeper pockets in those. I don't know what it is. But, you know, while you said me learning and not knowing, what did I think? I did know about 90s inserts and how popular they are. Sure. If I, you know, if I come on Facebook Marketplace and see somebody with a bunch of 90s basketball, mm-hmm. I'm jumping all over that. Sure. This is a prime example. I wonder how much of this stuff moves on, on Craigslist or, or Facebook marketplaces where they don't know what they have. Well, and I don't know because if it's on Facebook marketplace, they're probably asking like $58,000. Yeah. It, so I, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> that's my new favorite obsession. We'll, we'll close this out and I'll tell you about my new favorite obsession. Uh, I, I, I actually, this is our first time doing this and I loved it. This was a great breakdown. I thought we, we, we think we provided some great information. You do great research. So thank you, sir, for doing that. But this set, I wasn't surprised because of recent sales of, of this era of card. But uh, this was this was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed it because I had a lot of fun. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, let us know. You know, I'm really intrigued, you know, because we talked before this. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get a flow. We'll get yeah. what we want to talk about on each one of these Come on, guys. You know, we joked about, uh, we weren't even really joking about, you know, trying to name this, but right. tell us what kind of thing, what did we miss? Sure. What, uh, did we miss? what would you like to hear about um, when we're talking about a given mm-hmm. set? Is is there something that we didn't touch on? Um, right. You know, uh, would love to get some listener feedback and, you know, cater it to 
where people actually want to hear me talk about something. Absolutely. That'd be fun. So that, that what I was going to say is my new favorite obsession, obsession is the Facebook marketplace because my God, the stupidity that happens there. And I don't, I, my stupidity might be a little harsh, but I think there are people who are on there trying to actually sell, sell cards and collectibles who know what they're doing. And there are other people that either know what they're doing and they're, and they're trying to scam us or they just don't have any clue. And uh, they're just trying the best that they can, which I hope it's that I hope it's the latter. I, I mean, I've looked, I won't say that I look on any kind of consistent basis, but I've looked on there and I am shocked when I see guys on Twitter. Oh yeah. I found a, you know, I got this huge buy from Facebook. I'm like, where did you find this? Yeah. Cause I have had no luck. Really? Uh, recently, uh, I picked up some vintage baseball at an estate sale mm-hmm. that I've been able to flip and actually make some money on. There you go. But I've never had any luck with Facebook. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I've never bought anything off of Facebook. I'm too cynical, but I can think of at least three or four sellers who live here in the area that I live in. They post constantly and it's, it's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of where I work and what I do, or is it just like, even if I didn't work at Beckett, like use eBay and see what these are things are selling for. Right. If you don't have access to the OPG, that's, that's fine. Everybody says, go to eBay. Anyways, your, your, your damn Donruss 89 Griffey jr. Rookie is not $50. Yeah, but like I said, it just it comes down to it just takes one buyer. It's sad that unfortunately it's probably an older lady that's buying it for her grandson. Certainly, yeah, very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, you know that's the thing I say when people ask ridiculous prices. I guess it only takes one buyer. Yeah, and you, you're proven right that your high price was right. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's wrap the show up. I want to I want to tell you this. This is what we're going to do. Since we did basketball this time, we're going to narrow it down uh, now by sport and what you want to go with football baseball or hockey i'll let you choose you know what i think let's let let's open it up to a vote okay well i'm, I'm good with that are you sure yeah okay so i'll pick four sets uh, all from the same year again not from 97 98 but we'll we'll uh, we'll come together and, and and look at a year and find something to maybe we'll pull basketball out and maybe throw in a nascar or try or the, to throw yeah, in something, something like, different yeah you know maybe and then whoever wins next time, right. we'll th- pick them out. And- yeah, there you go. Let's do that. So we're not all basketball or oh, all yeah. baseball. Yeah, exactly. Time. Exactly. We'll do that. Um, Ken, it's been great, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. I had a, had a blast. I, I, uh, you know, I, I love when you're over and we, we can talk uh, talk cards. And for- I, get, I, get to, I get to play with Stella. You get to play with Stella. I'm sure as soon as we open the door, she'll come running in here. <laughs> that's his dog for those. Yeah, that's the dog. dog. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out this week. I really appreciate it. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.